Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Between the Lines, a podcast from Backpage telling the stories behind great sports writing. My name's Neil White. In today's show, a conversation with the filmmakers behind I Am Duran, the 2019 documentary about the life and career of Roberto Duran, the boxer who held world titles in four different weight divisions during a professional career which began in 1968 and ended in 2001 when Duran was 50 years old. Duran was one of the so-called Four Kings, along with Sugar Ray Leonard, Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. They fought each other nine times during the 1980s in a multi-headed rivalry that became Sporting Legend. But what makes this film truly extraordinary is the way it sets Duran's career alongside the story of his country, Panama. There's almost as much newsreel as there is fight footage in this film. Alongside a who's who of the last 40 years of boxing, there are also interviews with political analysts, former military commanders, and even the disgraced former dictator of Panama, Manuel Noriega, who the filmmakers spoke to in his prison compound and who would die soon after the film was shot. There are four voices in this conversation, Martin Gregg and I on the Between the Lines team, and over the table from us, the director of I Am Duran, Matt Hodgson, and one of its producers, Patrick Nathanson. One more thing. I noticed when I was editing this interview that we jumped straight into Duran's most famous fight, simply talking about no mass. That assumes knowledge that not everybody will have, so Duran defeated Sugar Ray Leonard in Montreal in June 1980, taking the American's WBC welterweight title and returning to Panama to scenes of wild nationwide celebration. Almost immediately, a rematch was in the works, and the two boxers met again in New Orleans in November of the same year, 1980. This time, Leonard humiliated Duran, and in the eighth round, Duran turned his back on the contest and simply said, no mas, no more. It's a totemic moment in sports history, and we talk about it in depth here. That's no mas. I urge you to watch I Am Duran. It was one of my favorite documentaries of last year. Martin started this chat by asking Matt, the director, about the genesis of their movie. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, life for people like me and Pat is constant development. It's a, it's, you're constantly on a creative development tilt. Um, any article you read, any book you read, you're looking for an angle for documentary, TV series or whatever it might be. Um, so I don't think you sort of sit down with a, with a piece of paper with a tick list necessarily, but the evolution is quite an interesting process because you start at a point and then it goes through a qualification process um, and often, you know, most ideas sort of fall away after, you know, you hit the third or fourth hurdle. And Duran is an interesting one from a development point of view because it came a little bit from left field. We'd done a documentary, a boxing documentary with Ricky Hatton and during the filming of that documentary on the night of Ricky's fight Roberto Duran came into the dressing room and was giving him a bit of you know coaching as to, to how to approach the fight which he subsequently lost 
Um, and um, what was most startling about that um, situation was this is Ricky's big night. Everybody's hanging off Ricky, and then this guy walked in, and Ricky became starstruck. And he knew Roberto. He'd hung out with Roberto, but he, he you could see that this was next level sort of charisma, superstar. And it got us thinking about what could we do with Roberto. And we came at it from several different angles and weren't really hitting the right, the right lines. Now, here's where it came from left field, because I started dating a girl who was from half Panamanian, from Panama. And you could call it serendipity. But when I started to talk about, you know, we want to do something with Roberto, but we don't really know what it, what it is, I could then pick a sort of native's brains about the the environment in which he'd come from and things started to fall in place because she could facilitate things back in Panama quite easily as well because it's quite a small place. This idea was struck upon about the sport and the, the politics of the time and that going back to what I was originally saying about the qualification process was definitely one of our markers we were looking for at the time about layers and finding something which I genuinely remember saying I want to find a sports story that weaves in with a political story and it felt like, okay, we've got something here. Let's pursue this. Does it marry up? Does it match up? Let's fact check a few things. And the more we got involved in the research of that and then went to meet him and picked his brains and, 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 and did that development on him, uh, we felt, yeah, there's, there's definitely a story here. I suppose you've got both ends of the spectrum as well. You have this amazing character of Duran, this fighter and his prime and all this incredible footage. But then you also have him and his vintage years. Well, his, his story is complete in that sense. Uh, from a sporting point of view, you could argue it's one of the most complete stories. It's got all the undulations that you require, it's got the ups and downs, the peaks and troughs, whatever you want to call them, and it spans such a vast amount of time. So the, the, the sort of richness of that archive really uh, hopefully comes through in the film because you, you genuinely see the evolution of TV <laughs> through, through the archive in, in Duran's story. And when he's obviously thrown back to those memories as well. Roberto certainly um, looks back on his career and remembers what he re wants to remember. But I've got no problem with that. You know, he's a, he's a proud sportsman and um, that's, that's Roberto. And our job is sometimes to coerce the elements out of him that he doesn't want to talk about or, or any sportsman. And, and, you know, hopefully we achieve that at, at times with him. I think one of the things that comes through from the contemporary interviews with Duran is that you guys just let him reveal that he in many ways is still that macho kid that he was to begin with. I mean, in the wake of the No Mask fight, there's a wonderful moment where both him and Sugar Ray Leonard are silent. Are you showing them at that point footage of the fight or have you just asked them both a question about it? I'll just quickly rewind on because it's a really interesting point you made there. I think in order to get to that point you're describing, you have to spend a lot of time with these guys in the first place and get them used to just having the camera rolling on them. But they're sportsmen, they're fidgety, and they don't want to spend much time sat in a chair. So it's a real balancing act. So we, we, we work really hard at trying to get as much time with Roberto as we could because we knew we wanted to get to these points that you're describing. We wanted to let the camera roll on him. We wanted silence from him, and we wanted his face to communicate with the camera as much as his mouth, if that makes sense. And um, in answer to your question, absolutely, we showed them the no mass fight and the aftermath of it by the camera lens. Oh no, we had the mirror system, so it actually mirrored through, so they were looking directly into the, the lens. Camera, yeah. So we, we played it through a mirror, that's right, the eye direct. Uh. And um, they're looking into the lens, watching the fight and the aftermath. Mm. 
It was fantastic that they got so engrossed, they didn't sort of call cut or why are we doing this? They just got lost in that moment. I think it comes across and I think our editor did a, a, a lovely job at pacing that and finding that just how long to let that run for, how to intercut between Sugar Ray and Roberto, but it's, it's all real, it's all natural, that response. And sometimes in the, it's, it's more revealing what he doesn't say in those moments, the little flickers of emotion on his, you know, the discomfort. It, it's fascinating that they're, they're very expressive, both of them, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's referred to as a defining moment in sport. And then you're drilling right into the guys who are at the centre of that defining moment of sport and seeing how it still affects them all these years later. It's quite a powerful moment. I thought initially uh, that his, his lip was kind of wobbling, you know, mm. watching it, but I'm not sure he is actually. I think he kind of sh he's kind of shifting his seat a bit. He just doesn't seem, you know, he's, he's physically in discomfort watching it. You know, yeah. it's, it's an incredible moment, actually. Yeah, he's got a sort of... Slightly angry twitch, I, 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 I felt. I mean, I've watched it millions of times, and, th and there's a sort of biting of the lip and a sort of pursing of the lips because he's trying to just cope with it again. And he doesn't want to cope with it again, he doesn't want to relive that again. I mean, we spoke to him off camera about Nomads, and he's very dismissive about it. And he's quite dismissive on camera about it, but that moment is where you get the truth, I feel. And also, I mean, I think you've talked about him before being a Peter Pan figure. and. Perhaps that's why he's retained such affection, um, because he hasn't changed. He's still the same Roberto Duran, the kid from the streets, from the slums of Chirillo. Ultimately, what you see on camera is what you get. And, and I think in today's age, especially where sometimes there's so many layers of PR and, and the relationship between the public and superstars is, is flawed, um, I think Duran hawks back to a simpler era when people could relate to the guys that they were cheering on on TV. But also another um, interesting element on that scene that you're describing is, is Sugar Ray and the contrast between the two because Pat's just said Roberto's kind of quite open with his emotions or a bit more honest about it or well he's guarded in a strange way at the same time. But Sugar Ray's slicker, you know, he's got this kind of... So the contrast between the, the both of them viewing the same piece of footage is fascinating, I find. I would imagine from like a kind of narrative point of view, like having something like Nomas in there, like you know, you can build your arc around that if you like, because it, you know, that that's that's the point. That's his lowest moment, and then it becomes a kind of story of redemption. So it's a great kind of hinge. I'm, I'm, sometimes I'm a little bit sort of geeky about how to form a film and and sort of put it together sort of mathematically, and Nomas happens exactly in the middle of the film, so it's sort of starts on a high, this great kid, you dip down to your lowest point halfway through the film and then you're back on the way up for the second half of the film. So that, that kind of classic structure um, in, in that sense. But you're absolutely right, we, we sort of made that our epicentre of the film because it's so important, it's so defining. It's defining for the beginning of the film and for the end of the film. Mine and I wanted to talk um, about the unbelievable array of interviews that you guys put together for this film. We go from some of the greatest boxers across the last three generations of fighters, military um, commanders from Panama's um, recent past, Hollywood, Hollywood stars, legends. Stallone and De Niro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every single base is covered. Academics giving you the background on the on the political relationship between the states and Panama. It's unbelievable. I think a lot of credit for those names and, and people that you've described that are in the film that we're lucky to get. Go, a lot of credit goes to Pat and the producer Dan Glynn. They they went 
you know, unrelentingly to get these characters. Um, and the other thing to bear in mind is because it was made over quite a long period of time, you can sort of play the long game with these people. It's not easy to get Stallone's schedule to fit yours, yeah. or De Niro's, or all these boxes, or a disgraced former dictator of the country. So we, we knew we had time on our side, and we, and we could use that as an advantage. So that enabled us to get some really stellar names. As much as I'd love to, um, you know, trumpet uh, myself and Dan's uh, uh, skills, I think it's probably more a testament to uh, Duran, and Duran as someone who holds an enduring appeal and affection for such a variety of characters. So the minute you mention Duran, it's your kind of way in and people immediately go from De Niro to Sugar Ray to Noriega, people are willing to talk about him. Again, what you were saying about Ricky, it's amazing how many people, including Tyson, revere this guy, he's a fighter's fighter. Roberta was, was on board from an early stage, wasn't he? And that yeah. was important for the project. And I think that's probably important for the interviewees and the contributors. Roberto wasn't going to have any editorial say or, or anything like that. But I think, you know, it would have been hard to make that film if it was, you know, Roberto was making it publicly known that he didn't want anything to do with it. Which, he, you know, he, is, he is a, can be a very outspoken and emotional guy. So, you know, he was very, he, he loved the film um, and he, you know, I think that was probably a testament to, to a, he felt that we got the totality of, of Duran, even though he might have been uncomfortable watching some elements of it. But going back to the process of, of the interviewees, I think, and Sugar Ray, for example, yeah, these guys are busy guys, they're in demand, they must be getting a plethora of interview requests every day. Um, so it's sometimes a combination of a huge amount of luck timing, um, the subject matter, also having the, the guts that Matt and Dan do on, on numerous occasions to put yourself in there when there's a sometimes high chance that nothing will come of it or you get let down or, um, I mean, we'll move on to Noriega <laughs> later, but Sugar yeah. Ray was, yeah, he, he was, he was, um, he was probably one of the nicest interview experiences we've had for a long time because he was so warm, so charming. Um, and it was a pleasure and a huge privilege to spend the day in his company and, you know, he gave us the tour and yeah. um, he was just a consummate professional but at the same time very human. It was an interesting contrast with Duran because Sugar Ray, I think, has been through so many dark periods as well but he's kind of very comfortable talking about that, facing down your demons. Whereas with Roberto, it's almost... It's like Roberto... Um, he gets the energy from the demons still. I don't know, it's hard, yeah. to, hard to phrase it. Yeah, they're very different in that. They've, they've been through similar experiences, you could argue, but they've dealt with them in very different ways. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I mean, are you chasing these interviewees for months and years and how long does it take to try and pull off a project like this? Sugar Ray was two years, right? Yeah. Two yeah. years, yeah. Good two and a half Noriega years. was over two years, I think. Yeah. Wow. yeah. How do you get disgraced former dictator Noriega? Pat had some connections inside, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Pulled a few strings. Uh, I had a favour I was able to call in. <laughs> no, we, um, you know, we were lucky enough through our, our sort of the, the way we'd manoeuvred in Panama during the process of this to to um, to get to know a lawyer who again it was timing a, a lawyer who'd been trying to get something from Noriega for the country back because they knew he was dying he'd not spoken for 25 years and uh, this was the chance and he used our film to get in there and we used his his leverage to, to get in there from our point of view and we were really really fortunate um, we turned up we went didn't we we went at December yeah, we aborted well we, we went and filmed other interviews but we were due to see him then and that got pulled at the last minute yeah. because he was he was sick Ill. Yeah. but then his lawyer met us in a cafe and his lawyer was an interesting character who sort of was suggesting it was never going to happen so it was it was a it was a mind-blowingly sort of confusing time because there was a lot of things at play that we were never privy to from a political point of view. And so we sort of came back without having got Noriega on that trip. It was a long way to go for no interview. And then we got a call um, about three months later, didn't we? Yeah, Christmas we did in oh, that's 2016, right, that was the just before one, Christmas yeah. Eve. But even then, I remember on the day of the that we were, you know, heading down to this prison on the banks of the Panama Canal. You know, it was something out of um, Shutter Island, wasn't it? With these, yeah. these kind of prison guards, barbed yeah. wire. We got a call saying, no, he's he's, um, he's ill. He's got a throat ache. Can't happen. And, you know, so we're like, no, this can't happen again. There was a bit of toing and froing. Okay, I went and we all down. pushed a bit harder yeah, at that Yeah, we were like, yeah. come on, guys. And we got in and um, we, we went, do you remember there was a compound down the bottom? It was a horrific, I mean, prison's not a nice place one imagines anyway. This was a horrific compound at the bottom of a hill. And then at the top of a hill was like a little shack. And they pointed and they said, that's the general's quarters. He was there waiting for us. Wearing a Juventus shirt he was wearing that Castro had given him, he told us. <laughs> Juventus tracksuit, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Castro gave me this. <laughs> it I mean, was a bit surreal. Okay. <laughs> Can we come in, please? <laughs> it's, um, it's an incredible moment in the film. He seems to be framed differently. He sort of looms all over the screen, and when he first appears, there's a change in the music. Yeah. Like everything sort of plummets down a bit. Yeah. Can you talk us through the choices you made there? Firstly, he had to sit in a special chair because he was quite sick at the time. So it's got like a headrest behind it, which you know, most of our other interviews are. And so it, it immediately made us go a bit tighter because he had this big chair around him and, and it didn't look right. Couldn't do it indoors, had to do it outdoors as well. But I remember we were, Pat did the interview, Pat speaks Spanish, and I filmed it, I was on camera, and I remember looking at his face and I did a close-up to get focus and I thought, wow, his face is so craggy. We gotta, we gotta shoot this tight. And it was a call just in the moment. 
he's got to loom. He's got to be. He's got to fill the screen with this this sinister face, shall we say? These eyes. It was yeah. spooky, you know. It, we would have lost so much if we'd have gone for a wider frame on that. So it was just in the moment, really. And um, sometimes you, you you sort of feel that's quite a risk because you can't retract. Sometimes you can shoot a bit wider. You can punch in a bit, especially with 4K now. We felt no, let's just let's shoot it actually tighter. We knew he wasn't going to move around much in the frame and get out of shot. That wasn't going to be an issue because he was sort of got this head thing. So we went for it, and um, and then going to your other point about revealing him in the film, we held him back purposefully quite a long time in the film. And uh, you know, I remember going to a few screenings for the film, and, and you hear a gasp when he actually appears on screen. And that was exactly what we wanted to achieve. It's this looming figure that suddenly comes into play. Because you put the superstars right at the front. You know, you get the supercut of yeah. like of everybody, or, the, or the, of <clears> most of the, the names. names. Not everybody, yeah. but but most of them. And then, I mean, you, Martin, saw the film a couple of days before I did. Um, and I remember you saying exactly that, that when Noriega comes on the screen, you're just yeah. kind of like... It's chilling, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's chilling. Yeah, I think there's... You mentioned about it all being in the eyes, and you're absolutely right, and there's this kind of almost like a malevolent sort of twinkle that's still there, if you can call that a yeah. twinkle, but you know, the, there's one line where he's talking about his relationship with um, Duran, and he says, oh, you used to, we used to play pool, and then I used to say, oh, if, if, if you beat me, I'll put you in prison. Yeah. So I'm like, you just see this kind of flash in yeah. his eyes, and you think... But the laugh that he does afterwards is actually like something out of a cartoon from a baddie, isn't it? It's deranged. Yes. It, it seems from a distance that the critical reaction was was very, very positive. I mean, what what was the aftermath like? Did, did, did it get the reception that you ho hoped it would? Yeah, I think it's fair to say we were pretty pretty overwhelmed with it. Um, Matt went out to Panama for, for the premiere and it, um, what did it keep out of the cinemas? It was the big the big blockbuster of that. Yeah, there were some Avengers films. Avengers, that it was, was on it. at cinemas, <laughs> Yeah, Panama came out with a theatrical release and, and it got standing ovations. It really, I think, was, I think for the reasons you kind of touched upon with Noriega, it, 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 I think it was important actually that someone from outside of Panama made that film because they could look at it from that outsider's perspective. And I think the Panamanian people from, you know, the experiences we've had and the conversations we've had um, appreciate that as well because they could see it. I think it would have been very hard for a Panamanian to make that direct yeah. that film in the same way. Um, so yeah, we were, we were hugely overwhelmed critically. Um, the acclaim has been very, very positive here. And um, Mike think, Tyson tweets about, we're pretty happy, weren't we? Yeah, I think, I think one of our challenges was to make it quite neutral for an American audience as well. An American audience had to respond to this. And you know, there's some pretty easy slam dunks you could go anti-American on this film with the, the, the fights and the invasion. Um, but the feedback from America has been really positive as well, and it feels fair and, and balanced. And I think that's something I'm quite proud that we achieved. Certainly in Panama, they're, they're really great. They're actually grateful for the film, they say, because it gives quite a sort of um, holistic overview on, on many of their elements. And, you know, I've had people from colleges contact me saying, I'd like to show this to my students because actually it's a bit of a history lesson for us as well. So that's, that's, that's quite satisfying. You never editorialise on the politics. You're merely saying, yeah. this is, you know, this is where the canal came from. Mm -hmm. You know, these were the, the deals that were made and broken. Yeah. You're, you're never commenting. Even the talking heads don't really comment yeah. on the justice or injustice of anything that's yeah. happening. You're just saying, this happened, and you t tend to time it brilliantly and run, yeah. the, run it along. I mean, 
very briefly the the, the section um, the action from the Iron Barkley fight running alongside the invasion mm. which was Bush or Reagan Bush one Bush Bush one okay I mean that's incredible that's just incredible as, as good as all the other um, action segments are because we're dealing with some of the landmark fights and the landmark fighters of an era that fight which comes really after the four kings you know, yeah. running alongside that foot to the invasion is just yeah well that's credit to our editor isn't it he did yeah. a magnificent ben job Hilton. with that um, I think it's interesting you say that about um, the way you represent sort of politically in a film and I think documentary has a, a duty to its audience to let them have their own thought process and, and, and opinion watching something and it's certainly not our style at all to ever dictate what you should be thinking, what the right thing to think, or what the wrong thing, etc, etc. It's just important that it, you just lay, lay the facts, the history, whatever you want to call it, out there. Don't even lead them with the interviewees, because that would be a bit of a kind of cheat as well, in my opinion. And let the audience, you know, make their own minds up, and that's, that's important, I feel, in documentary. Thank you to Matt Hodgson and Patrick Nathanson for talking about I Am Duran. Please, please check out the film. Even if you're not a big boxing head, it's just a great story. Between the Lines is produced by Backpage. You can get us on Twitter at Backpage Press and our website is backpagepress.co.uk. Our music is by Michael McGarry. And we'll be back tomorrow when Matt and Patrick talk about their favourite sports book. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.